Hello and welcome to the IT News Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Weber. In this week's episode, we'll be speaking with Chief Digital Officer and co-founder of Avenue Bank, Dale Hurley. Currently operating under a restricted banking license, we'll be chatting about its longer-term plans once final approvals are in place and why it's chosen to become a dedicated business bank. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. Avenue Bank, you guys were authorised by APRA to operate under a restricted authorised deposit-taking institution licence. I believe that's in effect till the 7th of September this year. Just wondering, what was the journey to building Avenue Bank to get to that point? Yeah, absolutely. So back in 2017, me and my co-founder, Colin Porter, along with our other co-founders of Creditor Watch, sold Creditor Watch to InfoTrack. After about a year of Colin and I looking at different opportunities in the market, we came together and started talking about bank guarantees. The problem that we had in our previous business, we had just under 600,000 of bank guarantees locked away. We were out raising venture capital. The process for getting bank guarantees was a horrible process. And we've also had issues with landlords losing bank guarantees and thought it was a great opportunity to digitize them. So in 2018, the new restricted licensing regime came out and we thought it was a perfect time to address this problem within the bank guarantee market in what was it august 2018 we founded avenue which was called go blank at that time as a working name and then we've worked to put together the application over the last five years so we got our restricted banking license. And then in November last year, we commenced limited banking business, onboarding our first set of customers. And then we're hoping to complete out the restricted ADI process by September this year. That sounds like a really great journey that you've gotten up to. Just wondering then after that September point, what will be your next steps? Yeah, absolutely. We'll be launching into market. We'll be first working with different distributors, brokers, and going direct to market, trying to attain customers. And just going on back to earlier when you mentioned bank guarantees, was that a big driver Mm -hmm. in what inspired you and your co-founder, Colin Porter, to kick off creating Avenue Bank? Absolutely. Like It's just an area of banking which is really ignored by the incumbents. You've got a $1.4 trillion mortgage market, which is very appealing. And then you've got the bank guarantee market, which is worth about $8.6 billion. So in terms of things, it's a very small part of banking, which we feel is a great opportunity to be able to be a specialist bank in that area and really focusing on that product to unlock cash for Australian businesses. And at present, what's your current customer base? I think you mentioned you guys have started to onboard customers. I know you guys can, consumers can register for interest as well. How's that all going? Yeah, it's going really well. The thing about the restricted period is APRA puts a lot of conditions on what you can do. So we're only allowed to bring on a total of 15 customers in this period to a total value of $450,000. So very, very small introduction into the market. 
I guess, you know, that what they say, slow and steady wins the race. <laughs> yes, absolutely. As I said, it's been five years going through the licensing process, so it's extremely slow. Yeah, I definitely don't envy you there <laughs> in trying to get any type of licensing from APRA. I, I imagine the paperwork is probably 90% of the battle. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's, it's a principle-based regime, so that obviously entails a lot of trying to guess what's going to satisfy the regulator and it's a bit of process of back and forth. I was just wondering, as the bank's co-founder and chief digital officer, Mm -hmm. how do you begin the process of developing a tech stack for a, a bank and deciding how the tech teams and the structure will be set up? Yeah, so from the onset, we came at it from the point of view of being a digitally enabled bank, which means that, you know, while we want to put digital at the front of what we do, we also obviously want to enable customers to interact with us in the way that they want to interact. So if you know, someone wants to complete a form online or by themselves, that's great. But then there will be other customers who want to either talk to someone or want to actually see someone. And our approach has been to enable customers to interact with us the way that they want. In terms of building the technology, we've taken a very much a bifurcation and build for differentiation. So the whole idea that there's a whole heap of systems where you won't get a competitive advantage by building it yourself. Where there is that opportunity to get competitive advantage, that's when we're building it ourselves. So that might be our digital application form or our credit risk assessment algorithms. They're really opportunities where we can improve the customer experience and differentiate ourselves from our competitors. The other side of things is we're very much focused on cloud native approach. So everything's either been built on the cloud in our AWS environment, or we're using our vendors clouds such as force.com or Equinix. Was there anything about those particular companies that really drew you to using their technology? For SAP, it was a company that was really trusted by APRA was a real big selling point that when we very first was looking at core banking platforms, there is some really exciting stuff that's coming out from overseas. However, at that point, they weren't tried and tested in Australia. And so our focus was really more on who does the regulator know and are going to have comfort with. And I was wondering, does it make it easier not having to worry about legacy systems when creating the bank? Does it make it the whole process just a little smoother for you? No. <laughs> I think leg- legacy systems get a bad rap. When you have a lot of things set up and in place, you can have a lot of advantages because things exist and you don't have to worry about every little edge case or nuance or consideration where when you're starting from scratch, yes, you don't have to worry about is this change going to have a downstream effect that I can't anticipate, but it's also you've got so much more that you've got to set up right from scratch by having no baseline. So would you say that would actually be a bit of a disadvantage in a way to starting a bank from scratch? I don't know if it's a disadvantage or an advantage. It's like neutral. Like 
it probably in effect washes out with the advantage or disadvantage but yeah it's not like you're going to this mecca of no legacy and these wonderful green fields I was wondering just the rate at which technology changes as you say some people might have the idea that starting completely from scratch you have these green fields but in a way just given how fast everything moves does it make it tricky almost to get the ball rolling because you might set something up only for a system to become almost obsolete or require new regulations or changes? Yeah, I think technology does change and is moving. In the regulated world, it's moving at a much, much slower pace. The payment rails have been around for a long time. The core banking platforms have been around for a long time. We're not looking at systems that are changing like every six months or that sort of thing like in the front-end development world. So you, you have a lot more paced run. It's yeah, a bit of a marathon. I believe the bank is gearing up to launch. Yeah, so now the first product that we're launching with is the bank guarantee product. Once we get our full license, we'll be going to full market and hoping to unlock quite a bit of cash for small and medium businesses. So this, the first product you're going out to market with is the bank guarantee one? Yes, yes. So the low deposit bank guarantee. So instead of requiring the 100% cash deposit that other banks require, we're only going to be taking a 10% deposit, which then frees up that other 90%. So say if you had a bank guarantee for $100,000, you'd only need a $10,000 deposit with us, freeing up that $90,000 back into your business. And does that go back into part of the inspiration to founding Avenue Bank? Absolutely. We found personally that bank guarantees was a real bane for us while we were operating Creditor Watch in that it was a slow process, it was locking away cash, and then the bank guarantees were physical and could could go missing. And just going back to something you touched on earlier, and it relates to something I saw on your LinkedIn, and you mentioned you reject the idea that digital only is what everyone wants all the time. Just Mm -hmm. wondering how this mindset fits into the development of Avenue Bank? Yeah, absolutely. As I said, before customers want to be treated as individuals and there will be some customers who absolutely want to self-serve want to find all of the information online complete the application form themselves have no actual personal contact at the other end of the spectrum you'll have people who want to have a phone call meet in person and be handheld through the process and have things explained to them. And so it's about meeting the customer at where they're at and providing them the service that they want. So do you find that you're able to balance that digital first with human touch approach? Absolutely. So again, it's about enabling our sales team. The, if we've got the mindset that there will be some customers who want to have a digital experience. It's about enabling them and then having the BDMs available to talk to the customers when they want to interact and reaching out. 
Do you find that you get ideas for new technological solutions when listening to what the customers are speaking to your sales reps about? Absolutely. Uh, Customers generally want us to succeed. They want new banks in in the market and they really want to provide feedback to us about what they liked, what they didn't like, how we can improve, what they're looking for that they don't currently get from the other banks. And some of it can be really simple, easy things. Other things can be really complicated. Is there any you can share with IT News listeners? Any examples? Yeah, yeah. One of the things that we're doing is with the bank guarantees is people who have an existing bank guarantee are replacing their existing, say, Commonwealth Bank guarantee with an Avenue Bank guarantee. And the process is a little bit involved in that the customer applies, gets their new Avenue Bank guarantee. And then what they need to do is provide their landlord with the new bank guarantee and get back their old bank guarantee and return it to their incumbent bank. The feedback we got from two customers was once they got the Avenue Bank guarantee, they weren't sure what the process was to get the bank guarantee back from their landlord and then return that to their bank. And so it was that feedback instantly opened up the opportunity for us to go, okay, that's really easy. We can create an infographic which explains the process and just make it really clear that once you've got the Avenue Bank Guarantee, you just need to exchange it with your landlord and return your old bank guarantee to your existing bank to unlock that cash. That's pretty great if you can create solutions based on customer feedback. Is this something you're going to continue to do moving forward? Yes, yes, absolutely. So going forward, we'll continually listen to customers. We send out surveys after the sales process is completed. We review those surveys. We call up, talk to the customers and really understand what they liked and didn't like. And I was wondering how Avenue Bank plan to ensure longevity, considering other neobanks have either gone under, they've been acquired by larger banks or pivot away from traditional banking altogether. Yeah, absolutely. What we saw with the early neos was a lot of them launched with deposit products at the very beginning. For a bank, a deposit product does represent a liability on their balance sheet. We're launching with a revenue generating product from the beginning. So the deposits that we take won't be creating a liability that it doesn't have an asset to right side it on the other side of the balance sheet, which is really important because revenue generating businesses is what's going to make you sustainable in the longer term. And I was just wondering, as a CDO, what your day-to-day activities might be especially the CDO of one of Australia's newest banks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. While the title is CDO, my roles are definitely a lot broader than just digital strategy. At the moment, I'm heading up distribution as well. Also, we'll assist with the capital raising and help whatever in the business needs help because yeah, we're a very lean and small team. We're only 17 staff in total. So everyone is really all hands-on and does whatever they need to do. One of the big things about how we operate at Avenue is 
every quarter we have our quarterly planning sessions. We force rank everything that we need to do and it's very difficult as a executive committee to go your priority is going to actually take prioritization over my priority but that forced ranking means that by the end of the two-day planning session we've got our 25 initiatives the company-wide um, list listed out and so everyone knows that whatever needs to be done at the very top of the list is what we should be focusing on and then as we move down the list, we don't work on those items until the higher priority items are being worked on. So it sounds like being a CDO at Avenue Bank, you're more of a man of many hats <laughs> uh, rather than a straight CDO. Well, I think that's being the founder, but that's all our staff. Everyone's expected to wear many hats and to do a lot more than what their job description is. And I was just wondering, you touched on your IT strategy. Just wondering within that strategy, is there anything that you're most excited about moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. So we do have a CIO who does oversee the IT strategy. I oversee the digital strategy and feed that into the CIO. What I'm most excited about is just getting out into market and really trying to digitize a process that has been manual and paper-based ever since it was very first created. And where do you see Avenue Bank in, say, a year from now? So we'll be in market, closing out our first financial year as a, hopefully an unrestricted bank. Our growth plans is really to try to gain a strong foothold within the bank guarantee market and then start looking at it, launching additional products that free up cash flow for businesses. And prior to the formation of Avenue Bank, you worked at Creditor Watch for a number of years and you worked across many areas involving innovation. Just wondering what lessons you were able to bring over to Avenue Bank? Yes, Colin, myself and Patrick Coughlin founded Creditor Watch in 2010. And so I started off as the founding CTO. I was heading up technology and product for the period of 2010 to 2017. And then where we were continually focusing was always on innovations and new products and really how do we break the duopoly of Vita and Dun & Bradstreet, which is now known as Ilion and Equifax. And the big opportunity we had there was introducing a lot of automation and data analysis and AI into the processes. So one of the key strengths of Creditor Watch was we would receive the data files, say, from the Australian courts, and we were able to process those data files in real time using AI to be able to publish those notices instantly and start alerting people to new court judgments against companies straight away. And we were able to adapt those learnings into this company about going just because we're smaller incumbents have much bigger budgets they've got much bigger teams it doesn't mean that we can't be agile and nimble and really differentiate ourselves so bringing in that idea that new technologies that enable you to move faster be more nimble really gives us an opportunity to differentiate you mentioned ai just now. I was wondering at Avenue Bank what use cases you have identified 
to bring some of that emerging technology such as AI into Avenue Bank and where you might see it has the best fit? Yeah, so we're using some of the AI that Creditor Watch developed within our credit assessment algorithms. In the business, we're not using that much AI within Avenue Bank. Okay, any particular reason why? Probably lack of resources. <laughs> I think there's opportunities. I guess it also depends on what you define as AI. There's obviously a lot of underlying technologies that power AI these days, but in terms of things like GPT and that sort of thing, we haven't had the bandwidth to assess it and work out how we could best leverage it for our business. Almost ironic you say lack of resources is one reason why you haven't completely dived into AI. But I thought generative AI was meant to be one way to really help with, say, resources or talent shortages. Yeah, I think DPT is really interesting. I think a lot of people look at it as a silver bullet at the moment and are trying to find problems that it can solve without really appreciating the limitations of GPT. And I think GPT is a great technology, but it's one of these technologies that people really need to understand a lot more and understand how it actually works and operates, especially because it's, it is parroting stuff. It can very confidently lie. You look at the, over in New York at the moment, there was that barrister that had, did a court submission using chat GPT and it made up false cases. And so there's those sort of dangers in using something that so confidently will lie without putting in a lot of controls in there. I think you can use GPT, but it's really got to be heavily supervised. And it's one of these things where it acts as like a first draft or something that helps you to get started. It's not a solution that you should be rushing at. So it sounds like Avenue Bank is taking a very level-headed approach to this new tech. Yeah, look, it, it does open up opportunities but like before you set up chatbots and stuff using GPT, you really want to make sure that what it's saying or allowed to say is actually the truth. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to follow along Avenue Bank's journey. As you mentioned before, people are always looking forward to seeing a new bank on the market, adding some new competition and choices for consumers. So it's always really fantastic. Excellent. Thank you very much, Kate. You have a, have a wonderful day. Yeah, thank you so much. And that was Chief Digital Officer and Co-Founder Dale Hurley speaking with us here at IT News all about Avenue Bank. We'll be back next week with another great episode. To stay up to date with the latest in technology news, be sure to check out itnews.com.au.